0: And today we are tackling a question that a lot of you may be wondering as coaches, as part-time coaches especially, on how do you really transition from one career to another? If you're a coach that has a career that you're already established in, maybe there's a job that you've done for a long time, maybe it's a business that you've ran for a long time, now you're called to being a coach. And you're wondering, how do I transition? I have financial security involved, I have social security involved, I have many things that are involved in my life right now. I might You might have kids, you might have partners that rely on you, and now transitioning may feel like a burden. But you're really called to do something. This is exactly the conversation that we ended up having with Gisela Balbi, who brought to my attention that she's been in this career for years at this point. She's been in a thriving career for years, and now she was being called to coaching. And she didn't know what is it that she can do to be able to make that transition. So we had a beautiful conversation around financial security and around security of how You see yourself socially. We also lean into the conversation of courage. lean into the conversation on what truly creates clients and why sometimes what you may be hearing from the marketplace may not be something that is honest and true to you. At the end of the conversation, I give Gisela a way to find her way back home, find a way back to herself, to honor herself, to love herself, to be able to show up as who she truly is. It also is probably one of the simplest but more powerful business strategies that you will ever hear at the end of our conversation when we talk about how to really get her business started. I'm looking forward to hearing how you find yourself in this conversation. Now, this conversation is useful to you if you're a coach, you're a part-time coach or somebody who wants to transition careers. It's also useful to you if you work with clients that are looking for a transition in their life. So if you are working with people looking for transition in life and you want a strategic way to coach them through it, this conversation might be just right for you. Now, before you listen into the coaching conversation between me and Gisela, I invite you to give us a five-star rating. We really appreciate each of the rating that we get for this podcast. Now over to coaching conversation with Gisela Balbi.
1: Hello, how are you?
0: Hey, I'm good. How are you?
1: I'm good, thank you.
0: Excited. How, how, where are you located? Where are you coming in from?
1: I'm in South Florida, close to Miami.
0: Oh nice. You're you're very close by. Very close by. I live in Austin, Texas. So
1: Oh, I lived in Houston for a few years before moving to Florida.
0: Yeah, now Florida is great. It's it's nice weather there always. So love that.
1: Yeah. yeah. We have a long summer here.
0: <laughs> yeah, a very long summer. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. How yeah. how have you been during this time? I know there was a little hassle last time when we were supposed to talk. Something happened. Is everything okay now?
1: Yeah, everything is. It's going well. Yeah,
0: it's good. Thank how you. How was your day?
1: The good, good. It's an exciting day for me. So yes, everything is good today.
0: Yeah. How how do you feel about our conversation?
1: Uh, very excited
0: <laughs> yeah
1: awesome. I, yeah i've been watching you i mean i mean i i was part of mind valley i think it was 2019 20 i couldn't keep up with all the content uh, yeah it was a lot uh, but i met wonderful people in one of the quests that i did and you know um so i admire you a lot and i'm thank sure you. that it's gonna be a great chat
0: thank you thank you so much Giselle. i'm excited to talk to you about topic you sent that you want to discuss further and you want to explore more so Mm -hmm. before we get started like just for the sake of setting ourselves up to really understanding what our objective what would be a great way for us to have a conversation and then feel like the conversation went in the right direction it's good to re-establish as to where is it or what is it that will make this a winning conversation for you so if i was to just give you like a minute or two to kind of reflect on what would make today's conversation a good conversation or a great conversation for you?
1: I think basically, I'm I'm not I'm not expecting all the answers, but I would like to have some guidance. I feel that I probably have a lot of tools and a lot of information. I don't know where to start. What comes first? So, for me to be um, a great conversation, I would like to finish the conversation with some clarity. Uh, It doesn't have to be like a one, two, three step or, you know, like this is what you're gonna do for the next few months, but at least obtaining some clarity and probably coming out of my head and my thoughts and having more uh, clarity on what to do next or what what should be my path or what would be my next step. I think that what's would make it great.
0: Fantastic. What do you see clarity in? What is what is the sense of clarity In what direction do you want it to be? I know there was a... We have never spoken before, of course. The right. first time we are having a conversation, what I have is just the two-statement insight or interest from you. Would says something to the tune of, I would like to find a way to transition my careers. So, right. so could you set us up a little bit more in that context? What is it that you're doing currently? What is it that you hope to get out of this conversation so we can make the next steps? Is that what you're looking for? I know you said a for yes. sense of clarity, but in what yes. direction?
1: Okay, so I've worked my whole life in corporate America, nothing related to coaching in operations and supply chain. So I have a lot of experience in a lot of areas that have nothing to do with coaching. When I discovered coaching and I decided to pursue coaching, per se, because I think I've, I have been coaching through my life, but unofficially, I started doing some changes in my life and in my health, and that triggered the interest of being certified as a health coach. So what I find myself after graduating two years ago is that I haven't been able to map how to make the transition from a corporate job, nine to five in finance that's where the area that I work right now, into full-time coaching. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of questions about, should I start being, like, just having my practice? Should I work for someone else? How am I going to live without the security of a paycheck? what to do, where to start, considering that I don't have experience in the field. I don't have a lot of background that I can present as credentials. That's what triggered the interest of becoming more certified, which I did the exam last month. So I feel that I need to get out of the, I need more credentials and start doing things. So I know it's possible to make the transition. I've seen people done it, but I know there's a lot of people that doesn't do it well. And, you know, it's 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 hard. So yes, so the focus is, ba- or the clarity would be on how to make a career transition from an industry that has nothing to do with coaching into a health and wellness coaching practice.
0: Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. So let us explore a little bit more about where you are in your journey. Okay. So you said you have had many years of corporate America experience. Uh, you've done supply chain, from uh, you've done indirect coaching, and maybe not directly mm-hmm. as a profession, mm-hmm. but you've, of course, helped out people, which has got you more interested because of your own transition and transformation and also looking at transformation around you. So tell me where you are. What are some of the factors that make you feel safe uh, in your current position? Because that was one of the things that you said in passing, I'm pulling the thread on the security of a paycheck. What else do you right. feel... Is a sense of security that you feel in your current stage of life or current career in life that keeps you attached to what is the status quo, or what where you are right now?
1: Um, I think the main one is financial stability. I think that's the, mm-hmm. the, the major one. And then the other one would be the experience that I have, that I feel that I've done it, I've been there, I have a lot of experience that I can leverage on. Whereas in a new position, in a new industry, I'm new, I'm a rookie. So that's something that also, I think, triggers some insecurity on my part. And I feel that even though, you know, finance is not what I want to do for the rest of my life, it's I know how to do it and, you know, I get the results that I need.
0: So there are two senses of security that you're looking at. One is the security of social status, if I may, because there are certain association that you said that you have with the you know your job and so you don't feel like you're a rookie you can go do it every mm-hmm. day in day out so it's kind of like social security in a way and second one is of course financial security so the mm-hmm. two senses of security that you feel you're being challenged with if you were to transition tomorrow say for example because right the truth of the matter is anybody can transition anytime right we could just say all right transition done right um, that is just not as simple as it's being said right so Let's ask, have you ever had a conversation with yourself or with your loved ones where you defined what would feeling safe mean for you in these settings, like social security or financial security? What is financial security for you? Have you ever had that conversation before?
1: Um, Yes, actually with myself, because um, I... I'm a single mom. So that I think it puts a little more pressure on the financial security because I'm the provider of the house. So there is not a second income or a second provider who can support if something doesn't work as expected. So yes, what what it would look like is to be able to cover my basic needs to begin with, to be able to provide the roof, food, clothes, and everything that I need to do, perhaps two kids, uh, school supplies, the basic things that we need. I'm not talking about luxury life at this moment. So that is what it would look like to be able to maintain what we have today.
0: Okay, that's good. You know what you need to maintain what you have. Is there a number? You don't have to tell me the number, of course. This is an open podcast. Everybody would be listening to it. But did you ever identify a number? Yes. Okay, cool. That's great. So the first thing that we are going to explore is financial security, because that is one of the things that uh, that tends to stop the most. So You can get past social security sometimes if mm-hmm. you have the financial security, especially if there's purpose behind social endeavors. So my invitation for you is to take the number that you have. I'm going to put a hypothetical number just for the sake of example, okay? Okay. saying this is your number, this is a hypothetical to work with, right? So let's put a hypothetical number, say $10,000. You need $10,000 every month to take care of your kid, of yourself, of your basic needs, and maybe a little icing on the cake, like get a weekly massage or something like that, right? So you don't also want to find a number that is end-to-end because then it doesn't feel fulfilling, right? You want to feel safe in your current status of things. You don't want to feel safe where you're going, ah, bare minimums, I can barely pay rent. You don't want to get to that place. So let's say that number is 10,000 for the sake of this conversation. Mm -hmm. What would it entail? So transition is is a risk. And risk is a function of, like you already mentioned, security. You can take greater risk if you have a sense of security or you have an understanding of security under that risk. It's like when, uh, if you ever had a chance to read this book called The Rise of the Superman. It's written by a fantastic author called Stephen Kotler. And the book explores athletes that do high-risk sports like jumping off a mountain or riding really high waves and stuff like that. And people think these people are crazy. These people are nuts. Mm -hmm. How are they riding a 60-foot wave? That makes no sense. This person must be crazy. But as Stephen Kotler really researched these guys, he found out that that actually is not true. These people are not crazy. What they do is really good math. And they make slow but short change every single time they're taking a slightly bigger wave or jumping off a slightly higher cliff. So the person who is riding a 60-foot wave uh, or surfing a 60-foot wave started with a one-foot wave at some point and then built himself up or herself up to get to a point to doing 10-foot waves, 20-foot waves, 30-foot waves, and so forth. And even when they are doing 30-foot waves, it's not that they're just blindly going at it. Yes, there's practice involved to get there, but there's also a tremendous amount of safety protocols that they've already done. They've done the math behind it. Of course, risk okay. is risk. There's still an element of risk. But right. It's not as risky as somebody from the outside looking in would think. And that's kind of how we want to evaluate our financial risks, right? It's like riding a 30-foot wave. You don't want to start at the 30-foot wave, but you want to ask yourself, hey, what's my one-foot wave, right? What's my <laughs> two-foot wave? And how can I make sure every step of the way, I can ride the wave safely? Is it making sense until now, analogy-wise? Yes, absolutely. So so what you want to do is you want to take your $10,000 number or whatever that number is, and we're using $10,000, like we said. You say, hey, $10,000, is there a safe way for me while I am riding this wave in my career where I am making $10,000 a month, right? Can I find a way to make an additional $1,000 a month? Right, Because what you're really looking for is not how to transition on one simple step, because that's not how transitions work, especially not financial transitions. So the belief that people have, and this happens because it's like the romantic story of, I burned all bridges and I started my career and look where I got, right? But that's a romantic story. If you really yeah. look behind the scenes, all wildly successful entrepreneurs are actually very calculative, even when they were transitioning careers. If they were in college, they stayed in college until the business became something. If they had a job, they stayed in job until it became something. It then becomes, oh, they dropped out, but that's because they had already built the company and then they dropped out, right? It's actually not true. If you really read into the, between the lines and really read the stories, most entrepreneurs are actually very calculative. They're not taking high risks. They are taking low risks to create high returns. So what you're really looking for is, firstly, is what's your one foot wave before you try to do your 30 foot wave, right? So instead of thinking about how do I transition from a $10,000 job to a $10,000 career, Ask yourself the question of what would it take for me to generate my first $1,000? What would it take for me to create my first $1,000 as a coach, right? Mm. To draft a plan that will get to $1,000 is significantly, if not 10 times easier than to draft a plan to get to $10,000, right? It takes less effort. It takes less time. It takes less courage for you to actually get to $1,000, right? Right. Once you are at your $1,000, your question will become, how can I safely create two thousand dollars without exhausting myself and keeping my job? Then you will ask yourself the question of three thousand, and then four, and then five, and then six, and then seven, and then eight, and nine. And maybe that would be the time where you will be like, I'm creating nine thousand dollars, but I'm exhausted because I'm doing a full-time job and creating nine thousand dollars. I have yes, nineteen thousand dollars a month, but I'm also exhausted. Maybe that would be a time where you will say, I've safely created this income for two, three months. I know what needs to be done, how it needs to be done. I can create it again and again, again, month after month. Maybe now is the time where I drop in my papers, give the 30-day or a 60-day notice, and now I can safely say I know how to ride a 10-foot wave or 30-foot wave, right? So I can Mm -hmm. make my $10,000 because if you're done even $7,000 on part-time, you can safely say I'll do $10,000 if I did this full-time. Is this making sense?
1: Yes. Yeah, Mm
0: totally. So firstly, your repositioning of your dialogue for transition, especially financial transition, needs to, don't worry about how you'll create $10,000. Worry about how do you create $1,000, right? Because once you do that, you can keep doing it better. And you will keep seeing that you're able to ride a bigger wave in your new business financially versus the career that you already have. Right. Right. So that's step one of financial transitions. How do you feel a sense of clarity towards what could be a possible next steps based on this understanding that we just discussed?
1: I think it takes a lot of pressure off how to get to the 30 feet wave, right? I think it's it's less overwhelming to start thinking of creating something that is going to generate that amount of income in the long term because I'm focused on the one foot wave and something that has to happen in the short term. So I think it takes a lot of the pressure, which I think is part of what is like making my vision or my clarity and clear. I mean, so I think it makes a lot of sense because it's not, it's not the same as thinking, oh, what program can I create or what, I don't know, group coaching or whatever initiative I can create to make that additional 1000 a month in the example, then how am I going to live off this profession? So yeah, I think that's that's a, a good first step.
0: So what we are really doing right now, Zola, is that we are inviting you to look at the situation that you have from a different point of view. Most of our challenges that we have in our life is because we think in a pattern that has been pre-established because it kept us safe. So if mm-hmm. there was a pattern, because you're a single mom, it is a possibility you had a pattern where you were like, oh, I have to do this for the money, and I have to do this for the money, I have to do this for the money. And what happens when we have done this over years and years, sometimes over decades, is that our default setting can only think in that direction. There's nothing right. wrong about it. This is what keeps us safe. So it's a fair enough thing to do, but that also becomes the restriction of why we would not alternatively think, what else I can do? So what I've offered you today is an alternative way to think. And that is what you want to think about when anything that you feel like is a limitation in your life is, is there another way that I can approach the same problem? Is there another thinking pattern that I can choose that may be a a new thinking pattern for me? So a little bit risky, but maybe wildly more profitable or wildly more comforting than my current thinking pattern. And it is true for anything that you do in life is there's always many different thinking patterns to choose. Let's explore right. your social security or social safety. Mm-hmm. Uh, social security can mean different things in the United States. So social safety is, is something that, that you also explore. You're like, hey, I've done this job for several years. I feel safe in it. I know I can do this like day in and day out. And this new thing is a new thing. What comes up for you when you think about this new thing?
1: I I feel excited about the challenge of starting something new. That's not what really makes me doubt. I think the downside of that for me is how do I present myself? How do I transmit security or make people trust me when I don't have a lot of experience? I don't mind starting again and changing careers. I find that very exciting and I find that especially because... I love coaching. When I've done coaching and programs and work with people, I find that immensely satisfying and very fulfilling to see how people can change and what impact that can have. But when I have to present myself and I have to convince someone or sell, quote-unquote, the product, what makes me different, what makes me unique? I'm thinking that I don't have... Probably what I have to focus on is on, on... how I can differentiate myself versus saying, Oh, I've been coaching for 20 years because I haven't been coaching for 20 years. So on that regards, I think I need to tap on some kind of creativity on my side and see how I can differentiate myself. But as far as the social change, I mean, starting and being uh, starting again is, it's not something that scares me. I mean, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that. I find it very exciting.
0: Mm-hmm. So you're saying that the change itself is not scary for you, but perception of people around that change is scary for you. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So firstly, let's, let's work with a dialogue of, I don't have experience. How you seem like somebody who has a lot of experience of life, right? You said you've been in a job for a pretty long time. I was about to ask, how old are you? And then I corrected myself, but you can ask that question to yourself because that is the amount of experience you have of life. Mm -hmm. Um, What is coaching, according to you?
1: It's supporting people to make changes in changes they're willing to do.
0: Yeah, it is is helping people overcome challenges or be able to create growth in their life, be able to fulfill Mm -hmm. their destiny, meet their purpose, be Mm -hmm. able to fulfill their goals or some sort of thing like that. And all of that requires, yes, coaching ability, but it requires a lot more of life experience if you think about it, right? So, firstly, you have all the experience that you need to be able to help somebody, which is also why you are called, in a way, to this profession, right? Not everybody is called to do this work. It requires a lot of grit. It requires a lot of heart. It requires a lot of service mentality. And not everybody is designed for it. There are some people who are designed for it. You are one of them. So, firstly, you have all the experience in the world. Now, let's talk about what really creates clients? Because I hear, well, I don't know how to tell people that I don't have 20 years of experience and you should hire me. What do you think creates a client? What is it that gets a client to say yes, to work with you?
1: What I'm thinking is probably proven results, the results that I'm trying to to sell, let's say, uh, and trust. Trust in, in what they see and what they hear and, and what is presented.
0: Let's look at program results first of all. The program results happen after the program, so nobody can really determine that to be a buying factor, right? Because the program okay. hasn't happened yet, and the payment right. for the program is even delivered. Would you say right. that's an accurate understanding, or you think that's not accurate?
1: It is accurate, but I was referring to like results from you know previous clients or whatever happened before. You're saying that
0: somebody else's results will help you define if you will be successful with somebody else. Okay, cool. So that may be a factor. Maybe. Who knows, right? But I want to lean into your second reasoning of it a little bit more, which is Mm -hmm. trust, which is truly why somebody buys anything from anyone, is trust. Do Mm -hmm. I trust you? Do I trust your product? Do I trust your price? Do I trust that it will do what you're saying it will do? Right right? That's what really I'm trusting. If I trust any of these and all of these, I am very likely to say yes to whatever offer you make, right? How is trust established according to yourself? How is trust established? Um, why do you trust me? Or why should I trust you as human beings?
1: Uh, well, I I trust you because I've seen what you've done and how you present yourself. I don't know if you trust me. <laughs> So I'm just thinking uh, of a
0: human-to-human interaction. If I was to have a human-to-human interaction, mm-hmm. fine. You trust me because you've seen me do things. Did mm-hmm. When I did those things, did it add any value to your life? Yes. Do you think that I was being a human being when I had a conversation with you? Yes. I'm just trying to find out what are the reasons why you might have trusted me, right? Did I show up again and again and again and again without fail in your life in a way where I added value to your life? Yes. What other reasons could have been that you trust me?
1: That you are doing or you have done something that I want to do too. You are like a reference for me.
0: Yeah. So I share my story with you. And so you go, this story sounds like my story. And so I trust this guy. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So let's look at what we said created trust. It was consistency that I showed up again and again. I was being honest in what I could do for you and consistently... I didn't give up on one day I'll show up in the next day I didn't show up. Then uh, the other thing was I sh- demonstrated my capability by sharing my story with you. And so you go, oh, that's a great story. That's my story too, right? What of these or anywhere in this was it that you had to, yeah, you may have looked at my client results just because I'm a public figure. But if I wasn't a public figure, you wouldn't even see my client results, but you would still have trusted me just because I was consistently there. I was adding value and I shared vulnerably what I truly stand for, stand against and what my story was, right? Right. And I could relate to you. Yeah. Yeah. And you could relate to me because of those reasons, right? Mm-hmm. That's how friends trust each other as well, right? We are honest to each other. We're there when we need each other. We, con- we are consistent. We are not, you know, like one day another person, one day another person. We are the same person. That's why we are honest as well. And we, uh, we can trust each other to, you know, like support. We, we see that resonance in our lives is why we become friends. And there's no judgment. There's no judgment. But that's like something that you project, right? You're like, okay, I'm not going to judge you for anything. That's, that's after the trust. That is why mm-hmm. trust happens, right? So when that is the scenario of trust, and that is the core fundamental of enrollment, where is it that it features that you need to have a big Rolodex of testimonials to create a client? I can be honest today. I can show up consistently with someone today. I can uh, I can be vulnerable and share my honest self today. I can create a relationship today if I would take the opportunity of having meaningful, honest conversations with people. Would you say so? Yes, you're, you're right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? And maybe, maybe <coughs> when they're about to write this check, maybe they will ask one final straw just to be double sure what were your results with other clients? Maybe. And that's a very big maybe because a lot of times people will not even ask you that. Most of the time, people will be like, oh, okay, that's great. I like you. I think I see you. I think I see myself in you. And that is right. why I think we should work together because I trust you. Mm-hmm. Creating clients have become this story because if you know... We are marketers, people who are public figures. I also know marketing and I've used these things in the past. But what I've realized is I've started to do disservice to to the community. And that's why I retrieved all those programs that I used to promote before. Because I've understood the challenge that we are getting into as coaches is that we've started to build this understanding that to get clients, I must be something else. That I need some tactics, some strategy, some big marketing campaign. Whereas the way to get clients is to be more honest and truthful about who you are and what you can do for them. And if you would have a real conversation with people, they will have a real connection with you. And when they will have a real connection with you, they will convert. They will become a client. Because I don't want to be a client. I don't want to be a client, but somebody who just is a great marketer. I want to work with someone who I feel is honest in what they're talking about, because I'm about to put my life in your hands. In your hands, hmm? Your marketing is not going to sell me. Your truth is going to sell me that I can put my life in your hands, my health in your hands, my business in your hands. It's not about my marketing gimmicks, right? Right. Do you do you concur? Do you feel like there is some resonance to that?
1: Yeah, I, I see it now. I mean, I had the different perception that, of course... I cannot or I couldn't do much if I didn't have a website, if I didn't have references, if I didn't have a lot of things that are very hard to get sometimes to be a good coach or to be a coach that could get clients. So yes, I, I had that understanding and I, I understand a hundred percent what you're saying. And it's how now that I, that I look at myself, that is how I would buy something or how I would. Trust someone uh, not because I read the website or or I read uh, somebody else's comments. Is if I don't relate to the person, that doesn't get to me.
0: Yes, exactly. If you mm-hmm. don't even relate to the person, you don't even get to the part of website or testimonials or case studies or whatever. You're like, yeah, I don't even see you. I don't. I don't know why I should read all that information. <laughs> and so, what I want to bring us back to, Gisela is when we talk about social acceptance and social change that we were talking about the the fear of how will I create clients what's the marketing strategy what's the playbook is we get trapped into the realities of how the world functions around us or suggests us information and that's a very human thing to do we have learned all our lives through analogy that's how a kid learns something is safe or something is not safe because he looks at other people and goes oh that doesn't look right that person is not in excitement right now as they, they touch their hand on a stove, they don't always have to touch their hands on the stove to know that it's hot. We learn by analogy. We learn from each other. We learn, oh, okay, it seems like this is how I can position my camera, but I learned it from somebody. So we all learn from analogy, and it does serve us a lot of the times. What it doesn't serve us with is when it's about us knowing ourselves. Because there's only one truth to it, and that is only known to us. You can't figure it out with analogy. You can only understand understand it by disintegrating the absolute truth essence of who you are and how you want to show up in the world. The reason why I got you to break down how trust was established is so we could be synchronous where my understanding of trust now is in resonance with your understanding of trust. So now we both understand that trust is fundamentally not a game of marketing. Marketing can right. be used to build trust, but that's not a game of marketing. It's a human-to-human emotion. I trust you for very specific reasons and you trust me for very specific reasons. And because of that, I can now open up conversations that builds trust between me and an individual, a human-to-human way, right? Right, right. Suddenly, we don't need a business strategy. Suddenly, you don't need an advanced Facebook strategy or a website or anything. Because a human-to-human trust building happens when you have a human-to-human interaction, when you let go of your fears and you show up with all of your power of who you are. Isn't that true?
1: That
0: is true. That is how your friendships were created and that is how your clients can be created. Okay. Okay. Yeah. What's coming up for you now as we have this conversation?
1: Well... It definitely looks much simpler than working on some kind of roadmap of business strategy and working on a website and all that kind of stuff. Because at the end of the day, what I want is to make an impact on somebody else. Uh, and that's the only way that I can do it if I interact with that person, just being myself. I mean, and that's that's kind of like what I was I guess it was the tip of the iceberg when I said that I had to be, to differentiate myself and, and be unique in the sense that I have a set of experiences that probably somebody else doesn't have. And that's part of my, what, what my strengths are. Right. Um, so yes, I, I think it makes it a lot more simpler. And I think it means it makes it more human, if you will to think about interacting and connecting with people from that point of view, from from my true self and who I am and and what I have to share.
0: Beautiful. If I was to ask you to suspend everything that you learned about marketing or business development for, say, two minutes and write down your business plan, what would that look like? Currently, understanding what you just understood, which is it is a lot more about uh, interaction.
1: Allow, I mean, have the courage of being myself. That would be the plan. Uh, have the courage of show me and share what I've been through uh, from my heart of my life and, 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 and connect from that point of view.
0: How does that feel? Emotional. That <laughs> is feeling emotional, the simplicity of it? or the complexity, or the courage that it requires?
1: I think it's both. I think the fact that thinking that being myself can have an impact on somebody else is huge. It's huge. And it's, it's also very, it, it has a sense of freedom that is uh, amazing. Because I'm not really attached to uh, thinking what um, what the plan should be or something that I'm not. I mean, because being someone that I'm not or pretending to be someone that, um, that is not me, it takes a lot of effort. So I think that simplicity or uh, that freedom is, is important. And I'm sorry. <laughs> no,
0: you don't have to be sorry. You don't have to be sorry. I'm glad we got to this breakthrough where you realize how powerful you are. It's beautiful. It's beautiful to see you in this uh, in this moment as you realize that you don't have to be nobody else. That Brian. you be just you and that is all you need and that you don't need anything else. So thank you for being vulnerable and opening up so beautifully so we could have this moment. Thank you. You, you, you did it beautifully where you said the plan is simply just be me. That's the most simple and most powerful business plan that a person can have in today's society where everything and everyone and everything around us is trying to get our attention to do the next thing or be somebody else. Mm -hmm. Thank you for recognizing that. I want to really acknowledge that. As next steps, I want to do two things. Firstly, I want to capture what is it that became more present to you or what became clear to you in our conversation. And then I want to offer you a 30-day follow-up. So let's do first thing first. The first thing first that I want to explore with you is what is it that has become clear to you in context of transition and in context of your transition, the financial transition, I mean, and the social transition. Let's just call it social transition for the sake of it. I don't have a different word for it. So let's see what has become clear to you. What is your next action step in context of financial transition?
1: Okay. Um I it. What is clear to me is that I don't have to reinvent the wheel or come up with something that is wonderful and out of this world to make to start making a living right away of coaching. So um, I have a lot of ideas of something that can take me to that one fit way to the first one thousand dollars, let's say. Uh, so I think, Organizing those ideas and materializing that little $1,000 a month uh, can happen. So I think with those ideas and just not thinking that I have to generate and come up with something that is going to be $10,000 and allow me to live off coaching right away uh, makes it a lot easier. So um I think I'm there. Like I said, I have the ideas and I have the things and um just... Not uh, Because what I was thinking before is that is not going to be enough. That is not going to be enough. If I start doing this, that is not going to be enough to allow me to make a living out of coaching, right? But now looking at it as a first step and then building on that makes it a lot easier to take action on it. I don't know if it makes sense.
0: Perfect sense.
1: Okay. So that that's on the financial. Um, Because I can start right away. I have things planned for... You know, if just to implement before the end of the year. So that's, that's good. And on the social, I feel that you have lifted like a huge weight of me. I think uh, allowing myself to recognize that I already need or I already am what I need to be the best coach that I can be right now. Makes it a lot easier. I don't have anything else. I don't have to tip, make sure that I blog or I publish or I do this and I do that. That is takes a lot of time and energy, and that engaging from where I am and from who I am is going to first of all allow me to grow and and get my feet, you know, my feet wet in the in the field, and then. Building onto that, because I'm not saying that it probably it's not going to be perfect the first few times, but allowing myself to approach people and present myself and network from that point of view, just being me is going to be easier than presenting all the credentials and all the letters behind my name and all that stuff.
0: Careful to tell them. So I want to offer you a 30-day or 60-day follow-up depending on how you want to approach it and and what you want to do next. See, the unfortunate thing with us as society is that it's while we know the truth, like you know the truth, that being you is the answer. Mm -hmm. With things around us, people around us, circumstances around us, we are constantly trying to be somebody else, right? Because it feels like if I could be that, that would be it, right? because of how we are as human beings and how society around us is structured as well. And that's an unfortunate thing because it's so hard to be somebody else. It's so hard to be just you, to be able to be so true to you and understand that this is who I am and I am being honest and truthful and just live that every day, right? So my invitation for you is for the next 30 days or next 60 days, if you could check in with yourself every single day, and you could send me an email at the email address that we talked about, uh, that where we were communicating. You can send me an email there. If you feel open and comfortable with that, of course, it's your personal choice. And I will listen to it, read it. Uh, sometimes I may not be able to respond to it immediately because I sometimes get very busy and I want to also right. be spending time with my family and so forth. But I will always read it, even if it's a few days later. So what I invite you to do is to have a daily check-in. Is today... I'm being the most authentic version of myself. Am I being in conversations as me, Giselle? Or am I chasing something, chasing someone, trying to be someone else? And the reason why I'm suggesting that we do this for 30 or 60 days is because we are retraining a habit. You have developed the habit, like most of us have, of falling for the trap of that person's doing it right. Or that person's got it, I don't. And so I need to be like that person if I need it, right? And because we've trained ourselves for it, that is our default. The moment uh, something doesn't go right, we say, oh, it didn't go right because I have to be that person. Mm -hmm. Or that client didn't say yes because I have to be that person. I didn't enroll somebody, somebody didn't get a result because I have to be that person, right? And that keeps us out of being ourselves. The unfortunate thing is we don't really get to see the real results of fully being ourselves until we train ourselves out of that habit, right? right. So mm-hmm. My invitation for you is for the next 30 days or 60 days, however long you would be open to doing it, it takes about 67 days to really retrain a habit. According to the latest research, some old research says 100 days, some say 30 days. I'm sticking with 67 just for the sake of our conversation today. Mm -hmm. 67 days is what it takes to retrain uh, our our minds to have a new neurological connection on how it will behave and hence a new habit on how it will show up, right? So if Mm -hmm. for the next 67 days, you could invite yourself every day as a check-in to say, how was I today? Was I being true and honest to myself today? Am, Am I grateful? Am I expressing my love for myself today? And then also ask when I wasn't in synchronous with myself. Where, uh-huh. where, where was I that I wasn't honest with myself? Not to judge ourselves, but to release and bring awareness towards itself. So when you right. identify, oh, this was the moments where I was, you know, like I kind of fell into the trap, it brings awareness to that moment and lets you release that moment to say, that's okay, that happened, it happened. It won't happen in the future. I'm training myself to be me, right? Uh-huh. And just simply honor that moment, but then move on to still acknowledge that you've loved yourself, that you are more present with yourself, you're more aware to yourself and you're being more present to who you truly are. What I'm really hoping to get out of this is in the next 30 to 60 days, because you're so focused on loving yourself, so focused on being yourself, you will find the right direction for you to transition, the right direction for you to do financial transition and also social transition. You'll find the way which is true and honest to you to create clients, to be able to engage with people, to have conversations that are meaningful, to impact lives without expecting an outcome, just doing what you naturally are powerful at doing. And it will mm-hmm. give you practice. It will give you experience. It will give you clients. It will give you everything. That is my hope for you. So would you be open to play Thank this you. game for the next 30 days? sixty days Yes, hours?
1: absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's actually an honor. Yes, absolutely. I'm open
0: let's play this game together of, of loving ourselves again and finding ourselves again and living as who we truly are. Mm-hmm. Send me an email every day. You can use the same use the same email thread so I don't lose it because sometimes, you know, it gets lost. Okay. It's email thread that we did for podcast booking. Just reply to that saying, today this happened. Uh, this is how I lived myself. This is what came up in the way and I got past it. And let's do that for another 60 days. And let's see okay. where we are 60 days from now. Okay. Past episodes, we have worked with other uh, clients uh, or other individuals that have uh, taken this brave step of coming and putting themselves into a public position like this. I remember Worley sending a message recently, who was our first ever podcasting coaching session. Uh, I think it was episode forty something, forty two or something, or forty three or something. And and she just sent a note saying this follow up and it's been only 30 days that she's been following up on, on the thing has already changed her life. Like she, she's a lot more present to our thinking. She's having a better relationship with people around her. She's having a better relationship with herself and she's having a better client experience as well because of that. So I, that's one of the experiences I, Karina who we haven't published yet at the time of recording this says a similar thing. So does Alina. So this practice may seem redundant because it's every day, but because it's every day, it brings presence to, you. oh, I need to do this. So I need to keep up, be aware of it, right? So that's why I'm interested in seeing your experience and response on this. Hope- Absolutely. Thank you so much for taking the time today, Jisela, to, to have this conversation with me. Now, again, this is completely your choice. Uh, we open up uh, to our students to follow along your journey. So if you want them to, if there's a public place, they can follow you like Instagram or Facebook or something. Would you be open to sharing that uh, information, your Instagram handle maybe?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm.
0: What is it? It's.
1: Uh, it. To it. Yeah, it, the handle in Instagram is GisebalbiCoach.
0: G I C.
1: Yeah, that's my name, Gise Balbi Coach.
0: Yeah. It is G it I is C E B A L B I C O A C H. GisebalbiCoach. Gise right, Coach. correct. So everybody yeah. that is listening in, if you want to follow along Giselle La's journey, of these next 60 days of how she's transforming her way and approach to life. Follow her on say Balbi Coach on Instagram. Yeah, we will put up the link in the notes below as well. Thank you so much, Gisela. It was a pleasure talking to you. It was a pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Guys. Bye. How did you find this conversation? And what are some of the action steps that you might need in your own life or you feel some of these questions could be powerful for your clients? Remember those questions, take those notes, and share this conversation with somebody that you think is going through transition and can use some of the strategies, some of the questions, some of the ideas that we talk about during this conversation. If you found this conversation useful, please leave us a rating. We appreciate each of the ratings that come to Master Coaching with Ajit. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, please go ahead and subscribe. If you haven't left us a review, please leave us a review on whatever platform you listen to this podcast at. Thank you so much for tuning in. You're listening to Master Coaching with Ajit.